You're listening to the Out of the Box podcast with Timmy, Halisa, and Sinashore. Welcome to another episode of Out of the Box. I'm Halisa, the Sinoshore and Dorotimi. Um, how are you guys? Let's get into the conversation of today. Hello, how are you doing? Can I'm you... doing great. And you, how are you doing? I'm all right. <laughs> Sinoshore, how are you doing? Sino. I am not great. The Nigeria. All right, that's that's also good. Not every Nigerian is great. So you're just part of that statistic. That's good. Um, today's conversation is going to be about our great country, Nigeria, the greatest country in the world, the giant of Africa. You know, that's actually one, one question I filled in an exam. There was an exam I was taking when I was in high school. I mean, junior high, actually. And, um, I was supposed to get a hundred, but they asked the question, like, <laughs> is Nigeria which the giant of Africa? Middle school, ju- junior secondary school. Junior secondary school. Secondary school, yeah. Maybe they talk like Nigeria. Junior yeah. secondary school now. Okay. Secondary school, G- GSS. In GSS 3, yes, mock yes, exam. Omo, they asked this question. GSS. I don't, I've heard now. I don't hear. GSS, GSS 3. And the question, <laughs> it was a mock test. And they asked the question, um, is Nigeria the giant of Africa? And that was the only question I failed in that exam. I said, no. And I filled questions mm. like weird ass questions about Nigeria. But we're about to talk about the giant of Africa, Nigeria. That's the conversation we're having today. Great. Yep. Nigeria. Yep. <laughs> Nigeria. Many, many things happen about like Nigeria became a country, right? And I want to quote Sinosha actually. Sinosha permits me to quote you. I don't know if you if you quoted someone, but you always said this thing. Um, Nigeria is a country that exists in form and not in substance. Uh, introduce yourself and introduce your thoughts. Why do you introduce and expatiate on, on, on that? I guess I guess um, a lot of people will have their knife on my throat right now if we were to be in person, right? But the issue is uh, the concept of form and not substance is actually something very familiar uh, that a lot of people who read accounting or who had done any accounting class will understand. So literally, when I say Nigeria is um, is in form but not, does not have any substance to back it, is because for any people really, right, uh, to agree to coexist uh, within a geographical, uh, let me say, political structure, there needs to be consent. And uh, in my Hundred level law class, they taught me that some uh, there were some um, features of a good contract, and one of the features is what they tag consensus at idem, meeting of the minds, which literally is just saying like um, an agreement, which is literally just saying, oh, we have made compromises, we have um, spoken, we have made compromises, we have reached a point whereby we think, okay. This is a point of equilibrium with respect to negotiation, and then we decide to move forward. And that's the basis upon we. That's one of the basis upon which an agreement could be formed. But in our case, anyways, um, it's not news, especially for those who are close to the country Nigeria or who have read our history at any point in time. That what happened in 1914 was not a set of people, right, agreeing to coexist. It was a few people merging two different um, um, societies to form one. It doesn't excuse the fact that these societies have their civilization. It doesn't excuse the fact that these societies have their way of doing things. It doesn't excuse a lot of these things. But what it just speaks to is the fact that, okay, you lot, we have hold of you, and then we want to bring you guys together to achieve a goal. Some people will say economic goal. Some people will say, oh, it's sheer um, altruism. Some people will say that, but the point still remains that the Nigerian people never, under any guise, have a referendum to say, yo, we want to start together. No, there was no history of such. And that's where I said, okay, yeah, we have a geographical entity, but is our soul bounded by a particular goal? Uh, no, no. No, I have not seen any indication of that. And that's where I stand and why I always profess that, yo, 
as we are today. We are more bound in form than we are in substance. And there is no substance to our coexistence, simply put. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, it does. Even if your question, you answered it by yourself, eh? Jure TV should try to answer. Do you think our soul is bound to some, that location? <laughs> I mean, we're not trying to go spiritual here. We'll try to make historical references very soon, but let's just, you know, trash that out. Um, for me, you know, I, I, I would even still reply with a question, right? Are we the only uh, country um, that did not give consent, like, you know, in terms of what Sinoshaw is saying? Are we the only country hmm. that, you know, did not give, you know, I, I would like to ask that, you know, Okay, okay. Nice, I nice. Bet, I bet yeah, I, I bet the answers are actually <laughs> um I mean they are in the question too. <laughs> but let me just keep okay, two ping questions pong. back and okay. but, uh, yeah, yeah. We don't want to do that. Hmm. We are not Haruna Kodri. <laughs> but seriously. Who is Haruna Kodri? I just Haruna want to... Kodri is the national Japanese champion. Okay. You guys are no stars. Ah. Ah. Me, the expose us like that. Didn't you see how cool I was? Like, I know the person. You use the context to just yeah, I, I knew you were trying I mean, to play along. <laughs> Sorry, it's I know you. You're, you're, you're dealing with uncultured people here. Do you know how many million uncultured. people I have just educated with my question? Do you know how no, I so, have promoted So you pretended not to know. Oh my god, such get intellect. For what they call it, the Ministry of Sports, you give me a check for that plug. I just plug, no, so. you know, uh, let's see, I'm too much. Please, uh, <laughs> sure. you, know, you, know, you know, the question you asked me just now, yeah, it's actually a very interesting question. The, the consent for doing whatsoever it is that was perpetuated or that they did in Africa, or, and they are still doing anyways, maybe indirectly or directly, was actually earned not in Africa. That, that is surprising, isn't it? Right? And I think quite a number of us must have heard about the Berlin Conference. When did that? Oh, again, I think it was 1884, they were about. Yeah, yeah, 1884. 1884. They taught me in government class while I was in high school. <laughs> yeah okay so what i am saying in essence is the consent to form that country con those countries called good coast rhodesia um the, is it south africa now yes south africa uh, ivory coast a lot of countries like that right the consent was not gotten from african people I do not like to overflow this because one thing, I think we owe ourselves some level of internal accountability and transparency first before we face these people, scary, right? But the point still remains that this literal right to do all of these things were obtained at the Berlin Conference, where Africa was partitioned. So they started naming, if you want to know the mind of people, I have told you before, Alisa, that one thing that I do practically is to listen to their vocabulary. If you listen to the vocabulary of people, their vocabulary influences how they name things. It influences how they speak about things. For instance, I have said that when Nigerians say rulers, uh, let you know who come and rulers, it's a rule as a word is a relic of military dictatorship. But we use it in a democracy anyways. I don't know, maybe you get me. We don't have decrees now. Eh? Uh, okay, let me say in form, we do not have decrees. We are supposed to have laws, isn't it? Law made by the representative of the people. But in our case, anyways, that's a different conversation. But in our case in Africa, and in how it pertains to how people got the go-ahead to name African countries, uh, to match African countries, to match territories and make them one, they didn't get those from Africa. They got it from the Berlin Conference. And in Nigeria, according to history, we learned that uh, it was Niger area, right? And then in Ghana, we heard it was Gold Coast. It pertains the fact that they had been mining gold in some areas there. Or perhaps they had seen a large deposit of gold in Ivory Coast, right? There is a mineral called Ivory now, isn't it? Or am I mistaken? 
Uh, is there? No, 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 no. There is something called ivory. So, yeah, yeah, ivory I mean, is, uh, is ivory not the uh, is the elephant? Um, what they call it? Oh, is the elephants um, white material from elephants? Uh, that tusk. Okay. And yeah, yeah. and the teeth of animals. Okay. So if we do animal, let's like we probably have a high deposit of elephants in Ivory Coast. So no, now we, they don't can have, easily... we don't have any more. We don't have any more again. <laughs> no, I guess we may still have some. I need to get to Ivory Coast one of these days. If they are not going to deprive me of my right to enter, anyways, I don't know what ECOWAS is for. But the message <laughs> is, when you speak to Ivory, it's a derivative of elephant tusk, yeah, and when you realize that they name Ivory Coast that way, how did they name uh, uh, Zimbabwe? Zimbabwe, I think it was Rhodesia something, right? So the literal thing they have done is to own these places in their names or in the names of the economic um, benefit that that place portends for them. Does this make sense? Yeah, I, I mean, co- this naming of a thing, eh, I want to even ask that question, but it has to be about the recent time we're in now. So, But then let's just keep it to historical references for now before we get to this, you know, current current affairs with naming and, and those things. So, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. I was interested in one portion of like, okay, before I was like, okay, let me go through my history because nowadays any little thing you say online that is related to politics the next person beside you is going to say you don't know your history you don't know your history and i said okay let me try to know my history because i've been hearing newer information or you know newer should i say perspective or newer look to the history that we knew before and i thought you know what even the books you've read before when you hear new perspectives and you go back to read them or when you go back to you know seek those kind of information you might end up you know you know looking at them from a different perspective or you might end up like digesting them in a different way so for example and uh, you kind of try start seeing things differently too so before we we see nowadays when you look at you know how britain entered africa or entered nigeria and things like that you start seeing that it's a lot of the um, tales from that other side from the british side so it looks (laughs) there were many things that i saw that looked like britain actually saved you know africans that were being sold as slaves that, that were being sold as slaves for um, before they were selling Africans as slaves and getting e- European goods, but then when British came in, then British was like, okay, let's substitute the slaves for like palm oil and things like that. So it kind of there's this messaging out there online, this clear messaging that that the slave trade they were not selling people instead they were selling palm oil but the problem then was that people that were in Africa were now made to you know, and undergo a different type of slavery because they had to prepare those palm oil that they, they were used to um, exchange for the European goods. But so are you like, saying are you saying uh, the British did not take slaves? Is that, they, is that you know the, the thing is the way they came in. It was in the in the in, in the should I say guys in quote it depends on how you want to see it but the way they came the way I saw a lot that's the thing now that I went back to read it I was like why does it look so much like the British narrative here because there's a lot of there was a lot of information out there you know normally when you go through the first few articles that call, that pop up sometimes you have to go to like the the number f- ten or number you know on Google so you make sure you're getting articles that are not being pushed by the algorithm but if you see those first few this thing they were just showing that yeah the, when the british came it was the brazilians that first first took slaves from africa the british they came in they had to like they kind of stopped it a little bit but then they went for that berlin conference and the whole thing just became something else so but it looked the, like the, the, the issue will be that you need to correct the fact that you said brazilian came to take slaves portuguese came to take slaves the Brazilians never dealt in slave. Okay. The record we have. So even the Portuguese were the ones that settled down in some of the places named Brazil today. And then most of the black ones uh, amongst our, our Brazilian brothers are probably offspring of Africans that were taken as slaves. Right? 
And I mean, there are a lot of conversations around that, but we are trying to speak to the history of Nigeria. I hope we are not digressing. Yeah, so the, <laughs> no, the history of Nigeria, I feel like you can, you know, categorize it in this pre-colonial, colonial, and, you know, post-colonial era. So you can actually try to look at the pre-colonial era and, you know, get why we're here because we're trying to see why we are here as a dysfunctional Nigeria, right? And if unity is something that we should strive for or not. But, you know, understanding that will allow you to maybe understand why we had regional government at some point and, you know, how we progressed into the colonial era and then, you know, post-colonial era. And that's why I just went so behind to that slave era. But yeah, 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 yeah. I just, I just don't know. I don't know. <laughs> it's a lot. Let's, let's, yeah, let's just do it. You have, mm -hmm. you have got to know. <laughs> <laughs> So you know, it, I feel it's like really, sometimes when, it's uh -huh. really interesting. Yeah, it's really interesting uh, when you were talking about the Berlin Conference. It's really interesting that some group of people sat down somewhere in the world and decided to, you know, this thing where there's something called meat sharing. <laughs> I don't know if you ever heard of it before. So it is like, I think in recent times in Nigeria, it got popular when, you know, like five families are trying to, they buy one cow and then they just like, you know, share it, right? Crowd, so that's crowd, instead of crowd them. Sourcing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's really interesting how, you know, they sat down somewhere and said, you know what, I, this is it. And, you know, yeah, but I think maybe after this, we should now go back into his, the history of Nigeria proper. But then while we sit down and fight ourselves i mean young people you know uh in a bid to have a better nigeria some people decided that ah, Omo, if we keep on doing this thing we are all world power so ah don't let us go and fight in africa you know we kill ourselves here and then we kill ourselves there again no let's just have a meeting and then we will just decide how we're going to share it you take your own part of the meat do you like the tongue uh, do you like the uh, the backside? Do you like the tail? And these guys shared Africa. You know, it, it, it's it's really amazing. And then you know what I found out from the little that I read is that the US um, had the had a right, and I hope I'm correct. But the US had like a right; they reserved the right to accept or decline the conclusions of that conference. <laughs> Anyways, I think we can go back into <laughs> we can go back into the history of Nigeria now. That's the part of the history. Like, is is that what did something like that happen? Yes, it did. Hmm. It did. It did. It's part of the history of the Berlin Conference. The US, you know, had the right to accept or decline, you know, whatever outcome of the, you know. Well, <laughs> well, moving away from the Berlin Conference, this is depressing. I feel like when you keep thinking about it now that you did this meat sharing thing, eh, I'm just remembering that biology image that you have the cow and then there's like the number one, the labeling on it. I can't get that image off my head now. <laughs> like, you see, the stomach is and then the, the thigh, the, the head. Oh, Lord. Anyways, the Berlin conference yes. happened. It's still, it's still, and then you know, British, British was like given the most distinct, right? Britain kind of like took over the, those areas. That's Nigeria. You, you, you need, you need, you need, you need to look at this this way. You need to look at the state of mind of a group of people that can sit down and share a a a, 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 a continent that is bigger than theirs. I don't know, maybe this makes sense to you. Hmm. They just yeah. look at the top of Southern Africa, North Africa. They look at the top. Oh, this place is towards the top of Africa, in towards the north. Greenfield, along the Sahara, desert, down, Greenfield. And they just said, okay, we want to share everywhere amongst ourselves. Meanwhile, they understood that there were people, or there were people, or there are people, pardon, in those territories. The old Mali Empire would have been there. The old Oyo Empire would have been there. The Bini Empire would have been there. The old and very prominent Ghana Empire would have been there in that land. We have the Zulus. We have a lot of tribes that are rich in history. Ethiopia. 
was there in that same Africa that Italy failed to beat at the war. They defeated Italy anyways. That was why they will always tell you, that is why they will always tell you they were never colonized because Italy was the one that was going to descend upon them. Yeah? So literally, what is the mindset of people who gathered in this kind of place and partitioned the whole of Africa amongst themselves? The mindset is a mindset of superior beings. The mindset reeks of something like these people are lower beings. They cannot contend with our show of force and brutality. And then another thing is, we do not want to waste resources because this is looking to me like a private equity, oh, don't let me say private equity, pardon me, <laughs> like, like an expedition. And we, yeah, we don't want to be fighting each other over who owns what. Because Nigerians are dealt with Portuguese. They are dealt with British guys. They are dealt with a lot of other groups from these territories who are coming to buy palm oil. Don't forget there was a king that opposed them at some point. I think that was King Jaja. And they had to find a way to depose him from the throne and send him on Elsa where he died. What were they doing together then? They were selling palm oil amongst themselves. And he felt that how can buyers have this kind of bargaining power where they dictate amounts that Africans will sell their palm oil? And he decided that they are no longer going to deal with them and that they will centralize their operations so that they can form a form of palm oil cartel that will take on these Europeans. The Europeans came and deposed him and then, of course, sent him on exile. So the message is simple. If you want to know their mindset, it's a mindset of superiority, it's a mindset of exploitation, it's a mindset of hunting for economic gain, seen as industrial revolution. The second one, at that point, the first one at that point, was becoming a thing, and they needed input into their production process. Yeah, and they so had to make this administrative um this thing right protectorates like Lagos protectorate, Niger coast protectorate, and then you know, which was um joined together to be the southern protectorate as a, at some point, and then we had the northern Nigeria, right? So I think I yeah. I mean for me this the just interesting things is like how palm oil palm oil was like that important now i don't even know if nigeria is exporting palm oil to anywhere <laughs> that's just like just, that's just something that crossed my mind anyways at the current rate with the available data it suggests that our production right is still lesser than our consumption but one important thing is um if you look at it there are a lot of investment going into palm oil production we have the likes of okomu oil we have the likes of Presco. They are doing very well with respect to upping our production capacity. And that does not add the people who are doing their own subsistence level of palm oil production. Not so well, mechanized. Outside of understand? cooking, do they use palm oil for any other thing? Because I don't think there are any non-African dishes that you use palm oil to make. I guess we should look at the palm rather than the oil. We do that Right, a lot. right, right. <laughs> yeah. Right now, we are one-dimensional. Nigeria has a, a hit our mentality to one area anyways. True, you're yeah, right. Yeah. I am looking... Do you to me? Yes. At least yeah, I it's seen us now. Like, what are the products that we can get uh, <laughs> from palm tree? Well, we, we, the, it's, it's also used to make butter. Um, it's also used to make a, a whole lot of stuff, you know. So yeah, it's it's it has a lot of uses that's besides just the. I know. I guess the point I'm also even trying to establish with this is even before the the oil, you know, before the oil, um, many words are coming to my head, but let me just leave them. Before the oil, we had palm kernel. There was rubber being exported and actually, you know, something that I think it went on for a long time even before they discovered oil. So there were other things that were that, that Nigerians were, were depending on. You know, even when we had the regions in the southern region, you would you would see they had something completely different from the northern region. So that's just what I, I, I'm trying to maybe also establish with that. Yeah, so, so, yeah, so just to... <laughs> Yeah, just to come back on the <laughs> 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 
Do just come saying? back on some of the uses. Yeah, some of the uses because we're we're trying to figure out, you know, why, you know, um, they were taking this um, palm oil for from Africa. So you know, it's it was used to do so many things, you know, um, candles, um, detergents, lipstick, shampoo, um, skin moisturizer, soap, 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 soap. I remember, yes, we also use palm oil to do um soaps and you know toothpaste is used in so we have so many applications even in does it make sense as well uh, to think to think does it make sense to think palm uh uh palm tree we also give it palm wine is well, doesn't palm tree give palm wine i mean yeah no? it's still a product isn't it that's yeah. furious isn't it right <laughs> get palm products from you they could get palm canal as well yeah but would they would it grow would they grow there with their own weather well no no no, no. they are coming here to take it all they're not trying to plant it where are the lands yeah, yeah i guess they're just coming here to pick the raw material and then uh, chip it because it's obviously going to be cheap yeah and then they take it to wherever they want to take it to and then don't forget the little thing for slaves that we have them plant their own. And I feel like oh, boy, we're getting into so much uh, stuff. <laughs> but, Detail about it. <laughs> you know, I feel like um, you know slavery. Like you know, in terms of like when they stop taking slaves, I feel like they stop. And I have I have so many questions about this because it also has to do with the history of Nigeria. So I feel like they stopped and abolished slavery when they did not need slaves anymore when slaves were no longer needed when they had moved on when they had more missionaries to um to help them out with farming and agriculture that's when they decided to end slavery right and i also have another question and i I think i would launch that question on this podcast and i hope it's still about the history of nigeria i want to know did our the people who were selling slaves to the whites are traditional leaders did they ever know that our black brothers our african brothers were being treated this way did they ever care to find out how they were being treated when they took them away did they ever travel to those lands on a visit and see how their fellow Africans were being treated. I, I, those questions keep coming back into my head. You know, if you know, if anyone knows the history, so that because it's part of our history, it's part of where we are today. Because this same, for me, I feel like this same ruling class are the same people that have led us from that time even till now. It's their descendants who are still our leaders, <laughs> who are still our leaders in in you know several capacities. So. I just, you know, have that question that's ringing in my head. Okay, if you ask me, that who? Ask- ask- <laughs> <laughs> but so to, to be to be candid, to be candid, yeah. I guess if any man gets to see um, this, the detail to this kind of uh, the kind of answer to this kind of question that you share, very importantly. But if you look to this. The Africans that were selling Africans as, as slaves were hunting in Thailand to get Africans to sell. Some of us who are talking today are descendants of slaves as well. Yeah, you don't get. Eh? Descendants of slaves in Africa, yeah. not even, you know. Yeah, we were enslaved amongst ourselves. So when they say slave trade, that means they must be slaves before they could be traded. So I'm not sure anybody who caught anyone as a slave is even treating them properly. Of course, there could be exceptions, no doubt. Right? So now think they will be bothered about where you were sold to. Uh-uh. I'm not sure that would be a thing. So, so, because so, so I, practically, I, I, just... I know there was slavery in Africa before, um, even before, um, you know, we had this European slave trade, right? There was already slavery yeah. in Africa, right? But... That's confirmed. I'm not sure that the treatments, that the kind of treatments from what was documented that was, you know, uh, um, given to some of these slaves that were taken away to other parts of the world. I'm not sure the treatments was similar to the way slaves were treated in Africa, right? 
I mean, yeah, you know, yeah, I don't think so, that there's enough documentation yeah. about how slavery was run in Africa. But then I would want to use, should I say, logic to say that, um, what's what was the the need for slaves here and what was the need for slaves there? There they needed to industrialize. They needed to, you know, work on farms. They needed. They, they wanted to do more with people, right? So I want to think that there is, the, there, is there is history to support the fact that slaves work on farm here as well. Yes, yes, they they do work on farms here, but um, my the way I see it, right? Even like the descendants of slaves, like let's say in America now, we see that they were the ones up to today. They keep projecting that you know there's also record to show that they they were very they were heavily you know invested in building like let's say the railway system and things like that in America. So I want to think that in Africa there was no that level of need for labor. Yes, there was, like I said, maybe in the beginning that, yes, they, they still needed those people to maybe prepare those palm, those, um, what's it called, palm oil or palm kernel or all those things. But I want to, I'm just, this one I didn't read it. It's just, I'm just trying to use my, like, just say, okay, maybe the need for labor was a bit lesser here. So maybe it didn't look like there was maybe harsher conditions. Um, You can share your, you can share what you maybe know about it though. Let's not also forget no, that here slaves were were buried with their with their with their kings. If you're a king, king, yeah, you uh, you also you also be buried when, or some of them might be buried, you know. So, <laughs> so it was a horrific experience. It was a horrific experience. Whether it was in, in Nigeria, in Africa, or wherever, and I'm not sure anyone. Would I don't have think we should use a blanket to cover it like that, or to create like false equivalence. Honestly, <laughs> like, but then I can yeah, see like right. the point that yeah, I can see the point in like trying to say okay, there were slaves here, there were slaves there, which could even help you know in our in our way of seeing things. So maybe we might like you know snap out of a lot of <laughs> things and you know get to work. But yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think we should like try to say okay. Especially in the, maybe right now with the information I have, I don't I don't see that the treatment was completely the same. Enough. It's not, it's not sufficient enough. Yeah. But I just, I just, I, to be honest, we need this is something that needs to be proved in terms of, um, um, especially like I really want to know if anybody from Africa, because we do know that some people, I think there was one guy that was sold into slavery and he was returned or something like that. He was, I think he was a um, royal over here in Africa and then he was sold into slavery and then he was returned and then, so what happened did like cuz did Af did african leaders ever make any attempt to get their people back like or it, uh, anyways let's 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 move on to something else <laughs> they made effort at getting their people back Gabriel Jesus will not be playing for Brazil today they play you need to see my face but Anyways, <laughs> and even now, Anyways. even now, what efforts? Let's what efforts? What efforts are being made? Like even now, what efforts are being made to make sure that you know maybe people who want to get back to Africa, you know, who like what efforts is Africa making? Exactly, know? it's good to put that subject it's, it's, there. What efforts is Africa making? Some people came back, people came back. and we have history of the likes of. Um, um, I mean, like people like GRV, for instance, their name gives an impression that um, they probably are returnees. We have people like Doherty, their names give an impression that they are forefathers. GRV, Badebo. Yeah, so yeah, I think a lot of them settled in Lagos Island. A lot of people would uh, returnees. There's a Brazilian quarter as well in Lagos Island, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, yes. I even have them in my family. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. So See, let's let's try to let's let's leave this slavery. <laughs> let, well, it's a let's, big part. It's a big part of Nigerian history. Exactly. Very exactly. It deserves what one full you, episode. What kind of, of what kind of spirit? What kind of idea or mind did you think the people had that time? Because I mean, when we move moved on, really, and it has not changed. The idea is about conquest. I think, yeah, I think in, the, in the days of old, slavery was normal. I think it was normal because even if you like, you know, something like, you know, it, when you look into, you read the Bible and it tells you, slaves, be obedient to your masters, you know? So I think it was, it was normal. 
in africa they had slaves our kings had slaves if you're rich you have slaves so it wasn't a strange idea for them to try to sell slaves to the whites you know even though we is, yeah efficiencies five slaves obey your masters according to the flesh with fair assembling in the sincerity of your head as to christ Mm-hmm. <laughs> see, see, okay. There's Let's put it like this, right? Everybody, you know, the everything, you know, if we continue on this trajectory, it might look like, you know, it is just what it is. <laughs> but that's not what it is, kind of, because it's not completely what it is, right? I, I think, yes, there are some people that would have, you know, what's, what's this word? Is it... um what's this thing where they say you 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 have this talent this person has that talent what do you call it something advantage unfair advantage uh-huh. there's always that yeah. unfair advantage that will exist in systems in people right but then it's just at that particular point in time what is the word prioritizing is it prioritizing that unfair advantage of um you have power then it's just like okay the person that doesn't have power is the person that is under so yeah since all human beings are not the same right it's going to be okay if the world is prioritizing brilliance right now the brilliant people are going to be the the people that are on top and then it's good the other people will just be like the others or the people that are be- beneath them so yes um yeah i just think that that's what it is egalitarianism we need an egalitarian system right even if you are powerful the weak must not be trampled on yeah there is some level of human dignity that everybody needs to keep the sale going right have we so, had an attempt I mean, a, an attempt to an egalitarian system in um let's say in the history of nigeria an attempt to you know uh as egalitarianism as a solution in the nigerian history have we had anything I guess, similar? Um, in human society generally attempts have been made but we've not been able to achieve some level of progress with respect to that if you want to understand me better see gender roles amongst cultures right it will give you some impression and uh, don't give me with don't come to me with that uh, uh bs of um oh women are meant for this men are meant for that no people get conditioned over history to do one or two things if you have your child tomorrow a male child put them in the kitchen they'll be good at it since they are from their formative years, put them in the kitchen, they'll be good at it. But I think we are digressing a lot, really. Yeah, yeah let's, let's you know, you know, pre-colonial era, and that thing can be very deep, you know. So let's just go, let's just look a little bit at colonial era. And um, I think what the, the part I want to highlight with this, of course, colonial era, the, the British was kind of using an indirect rule, they call it, um, they say they are doing, um, is it association instead of assimilation? They try to make themselves dif- different from the French because like the French that was like colonial colonizing other parts of Africa was doing deep colonization. I, I mean, I don't know how different or how more uh, morally correct one is to the other, but the British was practicing the association that they would be like, okay, let's use your leaders to rule you and we'll just sit in the background. So I think they were practicing more so, of that. Um, so could that, be that, could that be that? Could it be that you know we have we Nigerians were so difficult to deal with? Like uh, so, they, they just you know they didn't want to deal with us. Like hey, let's select your leader, choose your leader. Then we'll deal with your leader. Could it be that? But that that's Actually, what we're suffering up until now. Now, Avi, that it seems like uh huh. They had issues with the economy, um, uh, um, um, environment, or let me say community or group. You know, people in Bonu, right? Is it Bonu? I think Bonu. There is a particular Kanemi kind of tribe or structure there. They have issues as well in the current northwest of Nigeria. They also have issues in some part of northeast. So what they had to settle for, you know, Islam had gotten there before them. Right. Right. Yeah, so literally, some form of education had existed in those territory. Islamic education before then. Right. So the, what they had to do was use indirect rule in those places where they cannot rightfully right, rule. But in the southwest, right, 
they can easily do whatever they want to do as well. But majority of the rulership that they did then was actually indirect. So uh, when you say, you said we want to talk about colonial era. So I was trying to say, okay, what does my sister mean by colonial era? Because I don't understand. <laughs> when we say the colonial era, it's actually funny to me because colonialism started even before Berlin Conference. When so, people use so up what? your land, right? People limit colonialism to only political control. No. Any form of control, right? Maybe economic, political, they fall under colonialism, or let, let's just put it as imperialism. But the point is, colonial era was a sad part of our history. Right, and then uh, it still persists till today. Although it's starting to win because the powers that are actually enforcing that they are losing their grip. And why are they losing their grip? Because the world is taking a new form. Take for instance, there used to be a time when UK is a very big power across the world. Today, they are just that old power that is dying out and doesn't know. Today we talk about America, and America also seems to be losing hold already. We are seeing China, we are seeing Russia. Of course, we could have spoken about USSR, but we are seeing Russia yeah, now, yeah. which is one of mm. the component of that old USSR doing their thing as well. I just well, want Russia to highlight to, I want to, you know, we yeah, talk, yeah. talk about Russia. That's like yeah, more sorry. USSR. I think I want to yeah. I want to even like make it known here. I feel like I need to highlight this that let it be known that it's not as if um the colonial masters or the imperialists just like decided to be morally right. It was a lot of things happening in the world, right? That made them it was it was time it was time for for it to happen and i think there was nationalist movement too right that this zeke movement there were political parties there was a lot of things happening in the world in general it wasn't as if <laughs> there was a moral uh this thing there was a consciousness that just happened in the world right that that made everybody to just start um you know living so yeah keep keep going do it to me we're about to say something yeah, so um, like you said, uh, I was gonna say like, do you feel like the 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 guys of old were more serious about like freedom, liberation, just like you said, like you know, this nationalist um, movement, right? It's a very big question, like honestly. Serious than us nowadays because they were all youths in their own time when the the person who moved the motion for independence, I think they said it was twenty something, twenty. Uh, um, 20 what? Sino Show. I think it was 28, Not right? Anthony Enaro. Yes, was he was that old when he moved that motion. Yeah, so literally, almost all of them, right? None of them were, were in their 40s when they were doing all of those things. Exactly. So do you feel like there's so, this, uh, there's this, there was this seriousness at that particular time that we don't really have today? Yeah, there was seriousness, just like there were a lot of uh, saboteurs among them. You know what they did to Kwame Nkrumah for you? You know what parties uh, uh, Mulumba had to face? Right? So literally, there were people like that amongst them, but there were also people like so many of our brothers in APC and PDP today who will tell you, like, oh, that's not out of view the world. It's just in human history that some people will stay on the right side of it and others on the other side. Well, mm. well, um, yes, I think there was seriousness, but like, I don't, I, I sometimes I don't like to feel uh, to it's not about me liking it or not liking it, but it's just what it is, honestly. I don't, I don't, um, particularly think that the people now are less serious. I feel like. Oh, okay. I know that during that time, during that period, like you said, nationalistic movement, right? It was not only Nigeria. They were already uprising everywhere. There was World War II. The world was upside down. Like there was, like India was also trying to be independent and African people, they were able to go out, get educated and they saw that there were movements and they were, they were also able to see that mm, the white people can also die. So I think that there was a lot that was happening in the world at that time that gave them that courage. 
That sounds funny. Why you say the white people can also die? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there was a lot that was happening. Honestly, they saw what India was was doing too. They saw other countries, and they thought, okay, they could they could also bring those ideas. But you know, I feel like sometimes, uh, you know, when there are lesser people with all of the great ideas in the world, and they and they, they people just see them and follow them, then they might easily move towards a goal. But now everybody is abroad, though. <laughs> Everybody is exposed, <laughs> but everybody just have opinions anyway. In my view, you know, digressing a little bit. So yeah, before national- before before this um, colonial era and before like you know um, so much of like Western inf- interference, how how exactly were we living? Uh, because when we talk about Nigeria and the history of Nigeria and everything, like you know, a lot of whole lot of people blame most of our problems on like the West. But how were we living? What were the successes that we ha- had? And besides the success, because I know that majority of our successes that were being celebrated were doing agriculture, we were, you know, we were um, good in arts and all those things. And but how exactly were we living? How exactly were we? You know, before we come up here and say, oh, Berlin Conference that divided us, this, that, this, that. How exactly was the interaction between? um the many tribes in nigeria how exactly were they living how exactly were they faring you know and what would it have looked like if there was no western interference if this um europeans never came to africa or to nigeria like what would it have looked like will we be where we are today that's one question that i also have to ask you know what was the rate of our development how were we you see there are so many questions you know that i have right how are we updating um some of the practices from of some of the traditional practices that we were actually doing at the time you know some of them which were good some of them which were not so great you know some of them which might be considered barbaric with the kind of knowledge that we have today right how were we doing this and okay i think i've asked so many too many questions uh palisa do you want we, we to are the, we are alive we are the kind of life we're living we're living in the best way possible offering human beings to god um trading in um slaves amongst ourselves uh trading <laughs> in guy, cash did you, say, did you just say offering human beings to god yeah no yeah, my yeah. people were being offered to gods now it's people were being offered to gods it's not something we can was it, was it, so, was it peculiar to the Jesha people? Were you guys it's not like more Jesha people? Yeah. But I think I think um this one I've not confirmed, but I will check. Anybody who's listening could as well check. The Jebu people confirm and you might see something. Any people that you I mean majority of the people that were captured were brought into the settlement where these people are domiciled were domiciled at that point, right? If they were not working on plantation, they were probably being offered to OSHA, right? And in my case, they will say Ijeosha, which literally translates to the fact that we are a meal for the gods. We were. So, like you, right? you guys, the gods like. And when you look at it very guys. well, if you see any Ijeosha person, wait, are we right? only highlighting this um, type of ways of living? I mean, is the recent imperialism. <laughs> Yeah, you it's, understand. It's, it's the, the same point, thing. Like the it's the same thing that when you talk about when you talk about Western interference in Africa and everything, like you don't cite the good. You only cite the. Slave in Yoruba. Yeah, so you, go you, ahead. You, I'm learning a lot from you. So when you look at this, first know yourself first. If you know yourself, some of you will be surprised, right? So you'll be humble. <laughs> so the point is. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I mean we need like a humility. This thing, you know, all of us, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I will be poured and on our heads. It will probably even set your mind right in fighting this global imperialism. Exactly. Yeah, we need the. You will know objective. that you are not going to blame anybody. Yeah, you are just to ensure that you do not yeah. continue to be enslaved. But I love, I love what you were saying, Sinosho. You were giving us some history before. Who kidnapped your people? And I do. I need to. I, I don't know where they took them from. You know, we have a lot of other history, yeah? Yes. But the point is, if they had been documented, it would have been better. But you see, I used to tell people, when you say you're a nation, you're a nation, I used to laugh. You know why I laugh? Because there are so many people, eh? That if they trace their history, they will tell you they are not Yoruba. 
But you know what they used to, as a cloak to cover people, cover people's face? They would tell you we are all Omo Odua. No, we are not. <laughs> Dude, we are not. Are you know, <laughs> descendant of Odua? Yeah, Omo Odua, like these children of Odua. But, yeah. dude, we are not. We are literally not. Right? But we have decided to hmm. take that mantle of Yoruba well, people. This is, because this even is, the Yoruba is, is, um, historical accounts that shows that that's not and, the name um, of Yoruba people. To take today. in. Right? <laughs> so that's why, that's that why I was saying, that's why I was saying that how exactly were we living? Let's try and I, I was telling you now, maybe I told you that we were killing each other, offering each other to God. Yeah, so each we need to, we need to, right? we need to, yes, and we need we're, to like go back into how exactly we were living. Like, we expanded territory up to Daume in Togo. Person, uh, is it Daume? No, I think we expanded territory up to Togo. Right, crossing Daume amongst all, the, all other places. So the message is not like okay, simple, simply put, we have history, rich history, of both good and evil. Yeah, history of people that went to war and fought to defend us. History of people that did not have to go to war, but they went to war because they want more land or they want something that somebody had on their land. So when you say European incursion into Africa, you may need to take some time, some shoe pill relax. It doesn't mean it's not wrong and learn that your people had probably even done the same in the past. So I was saying, exactly. saying something about the Jisha people here. Maybe we are going to have a whole conversation about it. I'm still trying to read some greed. about greed. Greed exists regardless. I think that uh, everybody will be greedy for land and I think it's a human instinct there. like, you know, so the issues, lions, they want... Yeah. Hello? So we need to they, we need they, to have they, a whole yeah, conversation yeah, yeah, yeah. about this. Anyways, we do. Yeah. Uh, we need to okay, okay. and have a whole conversation. And let me tell you something. Eh? Mm -hmm. Any place where you see Yoruba people speaking a language that is not pure or your Yoruba, eh? Pure illiterate Yoruba, eh? Prove their history. They probably were settlers, brought there as settlers or as slaves. I am telling you this. Or perhaps they came by themselves looking for economic opportunity, they settled, and then they get acculturated. Yeah? It doesn't mean all of them are slaves. But some people... Yeah, I feel like we're, we're hearing a lot of the Southwestern history today. It would have been fair if we would be able to hear the Southeast or the North, Northern part. On. But, you know, yesterday we were the having South a East conversation. From, they, have, they are not... Uh, they are from Israel. Uh, okay. Um... Yeah, yesterday we were having a conversation and we actually like had this, um, should I say, we had we had a Eureka moment, right? We had got to learn about where the, the red cap came from. You know, we just learned about a lot of things. So it's interesting that um, we need to know our history, honestly, very from a very objective perspective. So we'll be able to like let go of some things and like try to ad admit, you know, some, some other things and move on maybe, honestly maybe because want, that's the maybe point wanna, maybe you want to start like me though you may want to start, you like start? Me. just call dad and tell him to read your eulogy for you right let him eulogize you right and when he's when he's talking record it when he's done recording it in your language pick them apart look at the details of your eulogy they will tell you some of your story you know we have a real history in africa they will tell some people, is more or less like uh, is more or less like the child of some, some, some. So they are telling you where you are from. Some of us they will say something. It's just speaks to the facts yeah. that they are telling you your ancestry. Listen, that's where the story is. Exactly. When you listen, honestly. Yeah, when they will tell so, you you cannot marry from this place or you cannot go to this place or they would, and then they'll greet you like all those little little things. I think if you start picking up those cues, I guess you got you have to like be intentional <laughs> to like pick them up and know exactly what they are trying to do and ask questions honestly. Ask questions, I guess. I guess most of us don't do. We don't ask questions really. We have not even gone into the full uh, post-colonial history of Nigeria. Right. No. The the coups, the <laughs> multiple coups. That you know what? See, okay, let's see. 
right from the Nigerian that that era of the Berlin Conference up until our independence, I feel like it's even less scary than you know when <laughs> after our independence up until today. It seems like there's more things that have happened and more events that have happened that had led to a very dysfunctional Nigeria, or should I say, a functionally dysfunctional Nigeria? That it's even something that I'm treading carefully to get into. You know, and I, I don't know why we don't have um, I don't know why we don't have movies about this like the events that happened from 1960 in fact the events that happened before 1960 I say whole you know it's a whole uh, what they call those things again thriller movie right but you see these events that happened from 1960 up until 1999 ha they can be over five I don't know like over 500 movies can be made about it and it will make so much sense. And I don't know why we're not tapping into that, you know, trying to tell. You know, I think there's been one you know, or two, but you know, a lot of stories. You know, the beautiful um, uh, um, quote about the Piper and the Tune. If anybody is going to tell any story, right? I mean, if you see anybody telling any story in a movie, check the person who is sponsoring that movie. Check the editor. Check the producer. Their biases are there. Right? For instance, the things I will say about my tribe, yeah? Some people will come and say, oh, Owa Obukun is the father of Egyptian people. He's not my father. He's the son of the throne in, in Leife. He's a colonialist, just like the Onibo people. <laughs> is there a word like colonialist? He actually uh, had my people in a chokehold and he was governing over them. Yeah? So the point is, Yoruba culture pervaded that space. Right? And then our Yoruba language became a prominent thing there. And then my people started speaking a variant of Yoruba language that if you hear me speaking now, you will hear me, but you cannot recreate it if you are not one of us. So it literally it is the case that there is a lot of stories to be told, right? And look at that. One funny thing is when you know Nigeria very well, yeah. Immediately you get to uh, Oshu, Ilesha, yeah, and you are going that way towards Akure, towards Owo, towards uh, uh, till you get to these people in uh, Do Akukwe Do, right? Before you now start touching on those state fully, yeah, you will find some very impressive thing. All of them speak a different variant of Yoruba to the one they speak in Leife and Oyo. So that might be a line of conquest being shown to you in broad daylight. People defeated. How? It might not be in battle. It might just be in the case that um, they had their rulership usurped. And then the uh, language completely obliterated so much that they took Yoruba on, but it's today they have failed to completely capture Yoruba the way the people in Oyoan Ilefe will say it. And when you look a little bit back from Ilefe towards Ibadan, the languages Yorubas are clearer. When you look towards Egba, right, which is almost like Eastern Yoruba land now, uh, the way I would like to put it. You will see that the Yorubas are not clear. Why is it that the center of everything, like Ibado or Yo, right? Ilefe, Ede, Oshogbo, Ikiwe, and all of these places, why is it that they are the ones that their Yorubas are clear? See, let's speak to Nigeria. Yeah, yeah, I mean, Yoruba is part of Nigeria, right? Yoruba, that's why you yeah. see a lot of people talk about Yoruba nation, right? Because it's it's that it's it's a very you can't talk about Nigeria without Yoruba. <laughs> I mean, so I think that we've we've done a little bit of justice to the evolution of Nigeria or the territory that is run or that that has become Nigeria of today. Um, let's let's quickly like just have uh <laughs> Anyways, I think the moral lesson, anyways, is listen, read, and um, maybe just like let your ego go and like objectively look at a little part of history, like the 
the colonial era of history, you can't really let it go without understanding, you know. So just looking at that would be very good for, for a lot of people. Um, you will be rounding up this particular episode here. Join us to continue on the next episode. Can you guys, you know, uh, are you there to me and sign your show? I am here. Yeah, so like I it's been a very interesting one. Uh, me personally, I usually run away from Nigerian history because there's a whole lot of headache, you know. And okay. A whole lot of <laughs> thank you, thank you. <laughs> well done. <laughs> We've heard. Yeah, but um, yeah, so we, right. we'll have more conversation about this and uh, possibly get to learn more. Okay, thanks. Thank, thank you. Join us for our next episode. Uh, me, I will not say bye bye. Please. Yeah, uh, you, have, you just said it now. No, 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 no. Just come, 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 come. I just wanted to tell this to our listeners so they will know that the colonial masters had no, they have not left. They leave. They left with us. They are house negroes. They are still governing us today. That's why they don't want you to vote. But we we'll get there later. Have a good day. Good time. Cheers.